One day, an entire world woke up in a civilization destroyed, with no memory of what brought them to their demise. For 2,000 years, the people rebuilt, from the first communities banding together to fight the monsters in the dark, to bustling technomantic metropolises. Against this backdrop, the ordinary folk played out their extraordinary lives. These are their stories. This is the Chronicles of Styropos. Right, squad. Welcome back. How are we doing? Uh, how are we feeling now? We're all podcasters. My God, this is what it's like to be famous. So famous. So, so famous. famous. Like so many people have heard my voice now. <laughs> Ten whole people. Yeah, something like that. Shout out to our two listeners, Steph and my mum. <laughs> uh, I don't think my mum would listen to this, so I can't really do the like, "Hey, mum, I'm on a podcast." Yeah, my mum definitely doesn't even have a podcasting app on her phone, so that's just not going to work. My mum barely even uses her phone. I was so. going to say, Alex, does your mum know what a podcast is? <laughs> I very much doubt it. I have to say, Alex's mum is my mother-in-law and one of the finest women in the whole world, but I'm not sure she knows what D&D or podcasts are. <laughs> um, how have you guys been enjoying playing your new characters? It's It's fun it's different i've never been a, a mini tank before so it's um takes a bit of getting used to and i keep forgetting how to spell it's only ren's second character so unsurprising that it's still getting used to it bit different from a uh, bit different from beans very different from beans my former crazy cat hey wait, wait that that campaign is still going on <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, well my, my other my other character yes yeah, not, um, former, not former not former not former she's still alive Probably shouldn't be by this point. She's used up probably like seven lives of her nine. You also, isn't Beans a he? No, Beans is a she. Arnolf's a he. I'm getting confused. Lex is not good at pronouns, listeners at home. Rubbish at pronouns. That is true. Names you know, generally, I think, like, I can't keep get the two of you. Your names are too similar, Arnie and Omi. I just can't do it. You could call me by my full name. That's that's less similar. Omatine, yeah. Arnolf. Mm. I know, that extra syllable, it really kills you, doesn't it? Yeah, we wouldn't be British if we didn't shorten everything as much as possible. Exactly. And end everything in E. Omi, Arnie. Yep. K-E. Yeah, all right. <laughs> well, we're famous podcasters now, uh, so I suppose we should give our two listeners at home what they're waiting for, and um, let's hit the recap. Two houses, both alike in ambition that betwixt the two, deathly feud abounds. Rooted in their parents' bitterest pain, two daughters mask mortal secrets spelt out moonlit strain. So the regular set is me sitting with a liar, telling a story. The vibe is slightly off today. Where, where is she? Where's Barbie? Maybe we should go and go and look for her. Someone is following you in the dark. Oi! You lot, stop. Uh, who said that? Who goes there? You're the grubby little Anastasia brat who's been putting his grubby hands on my sister. I don't know what you mean. I will not hesitate to snap your stupid little neck. 
Get your hands off of me and I'd like to cast Thunderwave, please. He clunks you around the side and you kind of stumble back. I will pull the spear off my back. Can I kind of duck under Kayleth's legs and attack him on the shins? I'll be rolling death saves. And once he's once he's on the floor, he's then going for the neck. All pretense of non-lethal damage has gone. Red mist descends. It's all right, young thing. We won't hurt you. He like clotheslines you with his hand. He is scrambling away. Just murdered at least one noble. The blood of mortal enemies has been spilled under the new moon. This is the first of the three tragedies to pass before the moon is full. What have you done? You just gave me this letter? Yeah, I snatched it out of his hand. My dearest Caleb, please forgive me, my love. I have not been honest with you to my bitterest regret. I know my words can be of little comfort to you now, but please understand. My family could never suffer me to love an Anastasia, and I fear you could never have brought yourself to love a Thunderstone. Yes, I knew your true name from the first, and my greatest sin is that I hoarded your secrets while guarding my own so jealously. This is my only sin, for truly no god could have seen our love and branded it anything but divine. Our names be damned. I am afraid our secrets have been compromised, though I do not know how. My family is enraged at my folly and seek to do you great harm. I have managed to convince them you are a distant bastard son, and this lie should offer you some protection. Flee, my love, for if they lay hands on you, they will surely kill you. Tomorrow, at the solstice celebrations, I am to meet my future husband, and the following morning I travel with him to my new home in the Western tribes. My punishment for the shame I have wrought is that I will never lay eyes on you again, never again kiss your soft lips. There is nothing I can do, my love, except to carry the sweet memories of you on my journey. I wish I could speak to you one more time. Please, always remember the beautiful days where we adored each other and the nights we made music as one. All my deepest love and affection, Sovereign Thunderstone. By the end of that, Kaylith is just on her knees and crying, and she just let the letter drop to her, to the floor beside her. You didn't read that aloud, though. We just see the kind of end result. Correct. Omatai and Arnolf, what are you doing? Well, I think Arnolf is very confused right now. I mean, do I need to do a check for this? I feel like he would suss that there's clearly something going on with Kaylith's girlfriend, given that she her missing prompted this fight. Definitely, I think you do not need to roll for that. You have prompted that something is wrong with Barvi, who you know to be Kayla's girlfriend, but you don't have a clue what. Arnolf is like a complete romantic at heart. He's a very caring chappy, and he feels sad right now. He doesn't have to kneel down very far, but he's going to kneel down next to Kayla's and kind of like do the little, little there there, pat on the shoulder. He's not very good at comforting, but he's trying. Omatai? Omatai will go over to the letter, sort of pick it up and like, Brush it off. Kate, what, what's going on? Why did you read this? So I've had my hand, my head buried in my hands. And when I look up, you see a very different person in front of you. So whereas previously you were seeing a half-elf with human-coloured skin and sort of like slightly pointy ears and sort of black hair. And she looks up, you see a moon elf, a high elf with alabaster skin that's kind of faintly almost bluish and her hair is still kind of jet black but again it's almost slightly tinged blue as well and whereas previously her eyes were just blue this time they're blue with flecks of silver and a little bit red and puffy because she's crying 
I'm sorry, I've been lying to you this whole time. I'm I'm not Kaylin or Caitlin. I'm Kaylith. I'm the daughter of well, I mean you know who the lady Kaylith Anastasia is. I'm sorry, I'm I kept this from you because I just wanted to be just a normal person, I suppose. And Arnolf is just still going like there there. It's it's okay. We we don't mind. Uttoin will take out the the hip flask and just be like, "Here, have a drink. That'll that'll settle your nerves." She takes a swig and then grimaces because she doesn't really like beer. <laughs> <laughs> I will then try and put an arm around her and sort of lift her back up onto her feet and go. I think you have a lot to explain, and I'm not sure a random alley in the middle of the night is the place to have this conversation. We're still friends. Let's go and talk somewhere else. Yes, let's, um, back to the pub? Not the best idea, Kalis. Not tonight. Not tonight. Okay, back to my house? Wait, does she live in, like, the palace or something? She lives in a castle, yeah. You would know that. <laughs> the Amastasias live in the castle. That's probably not also not the best place to go. <laughs> I'm a bit more out on the edge of town, maybe a bit further away from prying eyes. Perhaps that makes more sense. Or we could go to my tent that is out in the uh, the hinterlands. I say, go on, Arnie, lead on. I, like, make Fenris walk next to Kayla so she's, like, got his hand in her, in her hand in his ruff as, like, a little, little comfort. It's like a therapy dog now. <laughs> yeah, she's just scratching him behind the ears absentmindedly as she walks. And the wolf looks at you with kind of big sad eyes and rests his head sort of against your thigh. And the four of you wend your weary way into the forested area outside the town. Describe your campsite for me, please, Arnolf. I have a tent in the middle of the campsite and it is made of patched reindeer hide. Like it looks like it's definitely seen better days. It clearly used to be made of a couple of big hides, but they've had bits of like beaver fur added to it. So it's kind of like a weird mishmash of skins. It's being held up with antler bones and things, so like the middle of the tent support. And then I've got a little campfire that's ringed with stones. It hasn't got a fire in it yet, but I'm going to light a fire. And around on the trees in this clearing, there's like various hanging contraption things that I can use to dry meat over the fire. So Arnolf leads you to this and, you know, there's this really lovely scene of a cosy tent. Unfortunately, it only comes up to your waist. Ermatine is not that bothered. He's going to start looking at the dried meats and just be like, hmm, let's get some of this cooked up. Ain't nothing that a good meal can't fix. It's maybe nine-ish or ten-ish in the evening now. And it is, like I said, the new moon. It is a moonless sky. It is quite clouded. And you gather around your fire. What are you doing? I think Kayla wordlessly hands the letter to one of you for you to read. I would, uh, he, he can read it at this point. That's fine. And then I think I would pass it on to Arnulf. And I think I would just kind of look at Kayla and go, she must actually be quite rich then. She should have picked up the tab. Hmm. But, uh, traditional, so to speak. Um, yes? Family have a lot of ideas about what you should and shouldn't be doing, I suppose. You know, hence the need to hide yourself. Yes, very much so. I think if they knew I was sneaking out at night to go and play in a tavern, they would be unhappy. But you love Bovey. Yes, although... 
Apparently I barely knew her. How much of the real you did Bovy know? More than Arnie and I? Well, apparently all of it. She knew exactly who I was from the start. I feel a bit of a fool, really. According to this letter, she still loved you, even though she saw through everything. She just feels that she can't marry you. But I get the impression she still wants to. It was just a childish fancy from the both of us. No, 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 okay. This, this is real. We need to fight for this. True love is hard to find in this world. And at this point, Arnolf gets up, which isn't very an impressive, like, standing up moment, because he's pretty short. He gets out his axe, and he, like, kneels down in front of Caleb with his axe, and he's like, I swear to you, by my axe, we will find Babby. You will rescue her from her unwanted fate, and you shall be together. <laughs> Umatoin will be like, not going to go with the big speech, but broadly, yes, I agree. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet, you two. I, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it wasn't supposed to be. Maybe it's all just... She's to be married to some orc from the Western tribes, and I'm to be married to Methil, the <sighs> vain little... Anyway... I don't think it can work, you know? That's bollocks. I'm sorry. Your marriage isn't going to last if you go forward with this arranged marriage with Methilda, whoever the fuck he is. And neither's that. This is stupid, alright? You love her. She loves you. She sent you this letter because she wants you to come and interrupt the wedding. Otherwise she wouldn't have told you. She'd have just fucked off and never spoken to you again. Think about it. We have to do something. Come on. This isn't how the nobility works. You can't just... You can't marry for love, you... Fuck that, that's stupid. See, elves, we don't have nobility. You do what you want. It's a better system, alright? If you want to marry her, go and fucking marry her. Otherwise, you're just a wuss. And you're not a wuss. I've known you for long enough now. Nobility is overrated. Yeah, it's easy to say that when you're not part of it, isn't it? Harsh. What can we do? Even if... Even if... I did think that I should go and heroically rescue my true love and run away together how how would we even do that what would we what would we do i've got it i've got it every wedding ceremony that i've ever been to there's the bit where they go can anyone think of a reason that these two should not be married come on that's why they put that in the ceremony i storm dramatically in declare my undying love and then get slaughtered by a bunch of angry orcs is that how it's to be i'd almost died just now if you made an entrance at the wedding, understand that her family are not going to be happy about that. But crossbow to the heart, when she sees you, you're going to see it in her eyes that she's not going to want to go through with what's going on on that day. You know that, don't you? And her family's not going to kill you in front of her. Caleb, roll an insight check. God, rolling dice, what is this? It's like it's D&D or fucking something. we're just doing improvised drama. That's a 15, I believe. If you do that, you will definitely get killed by her angry relative. You have just murdered the oldest son of the Thunderstones and at least one other Thunderstone. You turn up at a Thunderstone wedding having just killed two of the Thunderstone men. You are in shit. I relay this to my compatriots. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if I, I, I'm pretty sure those goons that we just murdered they're members of the thunderstone household if we show our faces there we're dead they will kill us they will just straight up murder us with axes if and this is still an if we're going to do anything about this situation 
we're going to need to sneak in there, and if she'll come with us, then maybe we can sneak her out. But if any of them see us, then, yeah, we're dead. We're very, very dead. It might be more sensible to uh, rescue the uh, orc princess before she's in a room full of lots of angry relatives. Think of the word princess, Kayla, sort of. Oh. She was a princess all along. Kayla's <laughs> <laughs> a, a little bit classist too. I mean, she grew up as a noble woman, like. Yeah. <laughs> underlying bias there. <laughs> we can save the princess from the tower. Do they have towers? I don't think the orcs have towers, do they? I would say, growing up as an Anastasia, you probably, as a miscreant youth, would have probably snuck into the compound of the Thunderstones and, you know, egged their buildings and sort of picked fights with their kids. Normal kid, bitter rivalry stuff. So you would know that they live in a compound. There are lots and lots of houses. It's a big walled area. There are smaller houses where, you know, branches of the family live. And you would know that the head family would live in a slightly bigger house in the centre. And you can kind of guess that that is where Barbie is going to be. How are they fixed for balconies? (laughs) Yeah, balconies. Balconies (laughs) exist. (laughs) Lots of trees as well. (laughs) What light do yonder window breaks? Right, well, I don't know about you, but I feel like death, so maybe we need to get some sleep and but they'll know I'm gone, I need to go home. Your family will definitely be fuming mad if you do not turn up at some point this evening. Yeah, I think on this realisation, Kayla sort of stands up and brushes herself off. I, I have to get home. I'm. What time is it? As I look at the moon, look at the stars, I really must be getting home. I'm. Can I see you in the morning? We'll be here. Are you going to come back in the morning? Are your family going to let you come out if you go back this late? Oh, it's not that late. It'd be fine, I can sneak in a window. But don't worry about me. I'll I sort of draw myself up tall, pat myself on the sort of shoulder and cast two wounds on myself so I have a few hit points. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's one. Good. I have one, well, five hit points or whatever it is. And um, uh, no, I cast Disguise Self on myself so that I don't look like I've been bedraggled and knocked unconscious and injured you look like yourself but slightly I don't like myself, better but with neat clean non-broken clothes and i start to head off back home i will say do you want one of us to walk you back oh no it's really not far it's it's fine i'll, I'll be fine given that we were all attacked by some angry orcs earlier and you went down with after pretty much one hit we should probably go with you you can come with me if you like but if you get too close to the castle and they see you then all the gigs up I, I i should be able to sneak my way in but you can't come too close just make sure there's no thunderstones between here and there that's the main thing mm. thanks you too we head off through the forest to home and when we're a reasonable distance away i wave them back i sort of have a fairly well-established route where i sneak in I'm pretty pretty good at getting past the guards or anything that might be there, and I sort of sneak in a window I've left open for myself and head back to bed. Yeah, so you kind of dive past the guard route. You know how they walk around. They walk around in, you know, pairs or groups. You dodge past them and you shimmy up the uh, trellis on the outside of your castle, and you slide in the window, and you're standing alone in your room. And you hear a brief series of knocks on your door in a pattern that you recognise as your friend Reuven. 
when the door starts knocking, I sort of tense up. And when I realise that it's Ruben's pattern, I sort of relax visibly and open the door. And, you know, you open it just a crack and they sort of slide in looking around themselves and they say, Oh my God, Caleth, where have you been? Oh, Ruby, it's a long story. And they take your arm and they say, Where have you been? It's chaos here. Ruby, what's happened? You've not heard the news. And they are keeping their voice really, really quiet. I shut the door. You haven't heard the news. What news? Hadrog and... Gurkul, Thunderstone, are found dead. Dead? Yes, the Thunderstones are are up in arms. Your father's been looking for you all evening. Oh. The, the younger son, Dahl, he, he said that some bastard son, Anastasia, was doing it. Caleb, please, <laughs> please tell me, please tell me you didn't have anything to do with this, Caleb. And they are looking at you with horror in their eyes. Um... I may have been a little bit accosted, just to check. Reuven knows about my nightly adventures, misadventures. Reuven knows. Have you mentioned Bavi to them? No. Okay. And they say, your father has been looking for you all evening. You better have an excuse because if he comes in here and roll a perception check. 14. Um, you can hear footsteps coming down the corridor. I think that might be him now. Don't worry, I can deal with my father. And just at that, the door swings open and Lord Anastasia walks in. And you can already see, like, his face is flushed and he says, Caleb, where have you been? Daddy! Hello. I've just been walking in the woods. He hesitates and uh, roll me a deception check. I was about to say. <laughs> now, do I have any spells? I don't have charm person Deception. Yes. 14. You can see he is clearly unconvinced. And Reuven says, no, she was out with me. We were just both out. I've, you know, we've popped in that. We went for a walk and, uh, you know, very, very important things to talk about. Yes, I was, um, I wanted to talk to Ruby here about, you know, my wedding and everything being so close. I just, just needed to, to talk to them and have a bit of a, you know, um, bit of time, time to myself. What, why? What, what's the matter, Daddy? What, what, what's happening? Those savages have been out again causing trouble. They say that an Anastasia has caused the death of their son. It is not safe for you to be out, and you know that. Not without permission, not without an escort. You will not be leaving this house again. Ruby was escorting me. They're more than capable of... Ruvi is not capable of looking after themselves, let alone someone else. I've been working on my magic. I can look after myself. And I was just in the woods. I didn't go anywhere near town or anything. And he says, enough. You will not be leaving this house again. Those savages, those brutes, they will kill anyone. Yes, father. I understand, father. And he looks at you and he sort of, his mouth twists and he slams the door. I told you I could deal with my father. Well, that didn't really look like dealing with him. You've seen him at his worst. That was dealing with him well enough. And they look at you and they say, Okay, what's happened? And they take your hand in theirs. It's it's nothing you need to worry yourself with, Ruby. I'll, if I tell you, you'll just, just get you into trouble. Well, I think I'm already in trouble for lying. 
you didn't need to put yourself out like that. And they do that kind of hug where they go under your arms and they give their big crossed hands behind your back and they pull you in and they say, look, Caleb, I love you, but you've got to look after yourself. We can't all keep looking after you. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm going to look after myself in the future. Just stay in tomorrow. You will stay in tomorrow, won't you? Yes. Roll a deception check. <laughs> With the least sincere yes I've ever heard in my life. Well, it was a more sincere lie than my last one, because that's a 16. They look at you, and they kind of give you that half smile, and they pat your cheek, and they say, all right, because I'm, I'm not putting my neck out for you again. I won't your father, you he's a scary man. All right, good night, Kay. Good night, Ruby. Thanks. And they shut the door behind them. And you are alone. Omi and Arnie, is there anything you are doing overnight? I think Arnie goes back to his his tent and curls up next to the fire with his wolf and just recovers his hit points because he's down a bit. (laughs) Omi, what about you? Omi will just be like, mind if I join you? bit of a way back to mine. You'll barely know I'm there. I'll just sleep under the stars. It's a long walk otherwise. No, 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 no. Any guest of mine will have a proper bed. You can have the tent. I'll sleep with the wolf. I'd actually rather just be under the stars. Please don't worry about me. I don't sleep too well anyway half the time. Oh, my tent is very comfortable. Yeah, well then, we'll give it a go. See see if that makes the difference. Good, good. Just because I have I took the chef feet, I'm gonna do a bit of like late night cooking. Prepare some rations, bit of snack for tomorrow, all good, then fall asleep. And the two of you pass a comfortable night under the stars. And we get all our hit points back. Yes, you do. Yay, back to 44, mini tank. <laughs> back up from five hit points. Resetting all my spell slots. I forgot to use any spells. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really understand spells well enough to use them. <laughs> spells are confusing. They are. This is why I just punch things. Hello. It is breakfast time, the most important meal of the day. You are sat in the formal dining room. Across from you is your mother, cold-faced and hunched in her chair as if expecting a blow at any moment. To the side, your father stands, staring stonily out the window. Your brother, Nazir, and his best friend and your fiancé, Mathilde, eating their breakfast and scoffing loudly. What are you doing? I think Kaleth is eating breakfast in a sort of dainty, ladylike manner, but is making sure that she's sort of having plenty of breakfast. She's sort of filling up a little bit, trying to do it fairly subtly, but making sure that she's getting enough sustenance. Okay. And as you do that, your brother turns to your father he says, well, uh, father, how did the brutes respond to your letter last night? And your father grunts. Roll a perception check. Uh, Twelve. You can hear some noises from outside. Amy and Arnie, roll me a perception check. Seventeen. Nineteen. You are woken by the sounds of shouts. By the sound of a huge group of people moving quickly from one place to another. Uh Uh-huh. Do we hear horses? Mostly just people. Okay. 
With a 19, you can hear orc voices. They're not very close to you, but they sound as if they're coming from the town. And we're, we're in the woods on the outskirts of the town. You are. And we can hear the people that, are they walking through the woods or are they like in the town? They're walking through the town. Okay. Large groups of orcs walking through the town, probably not going to end well. This is sounds like they're going on the march against the Amastasians. I agree. Can I climb a tree for a better view to see what they're up to? Okay, give me an athletics or an acrobatics check. As a monk, I'm going to go acrobatics. 19. Yeah, you climb the tree handily, and now give me a perception at advantage. The highest of those is an 18. You can see, making their way through the town, a large crowd of well-dressed orcs, much like the men you fought yesterday. They're sort of wearing formal slacks, brownish in colour or grey in colour, and white shirts. The women are wearing tidy skirts, tidy blouses, but they look angry. Are they armed? Yes. Do they look like they're heading towards any particular thing? Roll a survival check. Ooh. Um, no, I don't want my survival. I never roll survival checks. Next thing we know will be the morning animal handling. Uh, 14. They are heading towards the Anastasia castle. Oh dear. Can I also do survival check? Because I get advantage because they're orcs. You can't see them. Oh. Short butt. <laughs> I will slide back down. I will jump down and do a bit of a sort of an overdramatic roll as part of my landing. And then I'll kind of stand up in front of Arnulf and just be like, yeah, there is a lot of orcs heading to the castle. And they don't exactly look thrilled. And as you stick the landing, the wolf holds up a card with a 10 on it. <laughs> I, I will give him like an appreciative scritch. Oh, Arnie is looking. A bit perplexed and a bit worried, and he just goes, K, K, oh no. I don't really know what we can do, but we need to be closer. We need to see exactly what they do when they get there. Just try and sneak through the trees, I'm thinking. See what's going on. Try not to make ourselves known. But remember, we did nothing wrong last night. Self-defence. They attacked us. We'll be fine. Just keep your cool. Can I just make a point here as the player? Stealth? is not my strong suit. I have disadvantage on stealth checks. Do you go clank, clank, clank? I go clank, clank, clank with my armour. Nice. So I don't think I have much chance of avoiding being seen, but also, yeah, okay, they do know who they are, though, don't we? Because that little kid got away. Damn it. They killed the kid. I feel like we need. We should have killed him, yeah. I feel like we need a plan of let's kidnap the child or something and find out their plans. But he's, he will have already told. Oh, dear. Morals got in the way. I think we need to get closer, find out what's happening. Maybe take the armour off, sneak through the trees, put it back on when we're closer. Sneak our way through, then you can be ready ready to fight when we get there, but hopefully there's nothing in this forest that's going to leap out and attack us. Arnolf is just looking absolutely outraged right now the moment you said take the armour off. He's like, no, that's my second skin. brother has just asked your father how the brutes and the savages took the letter sent to them last night. Your father grunts and Nazir and Mathil laugh together. I don't like that. And you have heard distant shouting. Have I? I sort of put down my knife and fork in a very ladylike way. Daddy, what's that noise? And he hesitates and you can sort of see your mother glance across at him and he says, Nothing, I'm sure. 
nothing worth our time. What was that letter? And he sort of scoffs and he says, well, they sent us some ridiculous notion that a bastard son of the house had been messing with their eldest daughter and, uh, well, no bastards in this family. Certainly not heartfelt. And, um, yes, I think that uh, we put them straight on the matter. Well, perhaps if their daughters weren't so wayward and their sons weren't such thugs, they wouldn't be dead in the streets now. Quite right, Daddy. Mm. Roll a deception check. That is said anything. So much lying. You're lying with your attitude. Hang on, none of those words were untrue. Well, it probably is untrue. I don't think Kenneth thinks that's quite right. There, fair enough. Fair cop. It's only a 13. He looks at you, and you can also see Mathilde looking at you. And as he does, he kind of gives you a predatory smile. I give him my most winning smile back. In fact, I minor illusion a little ding my teeth. Yeah, and as you're doing this, Reuven pops their head round the door and says, oh, Caliph, I've, I've got a note for you. Oh, well, I take the very handily <laughs> handy opportunity to uh, excuse myself. It was a, Daddy, may I be excused? Mm, quite, yes, yes. And uh, he sort of waves you away dismissively. Yeah, I sort of curtsy at Nazir and Methild. Gentlemen, I also nod to my mother. Reuven gives them a sort of polite nod as well and exits in a sort of very classy fashion before grabbing your wrist and absolutely dragging you away. And they look at you and they say, do not fuck up today. What's today? I don't know, but there's a big crowd of orcs on their way right now. Oh, right. I see. And... What's father doing about it? He was cagey just now. From what I can work out, they want to trade the death of their oldest for the death of the oldest Anastasia. Oh, wait, that's you. Oldest son for oldest son, surely. Oldest child for oldest child, according to them. Adrog Thunderstone, who, I don't know, apparently was killed by an Amastasia bastard that you have no idea about, apparently. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to say, we can all confirm that Caitlin did none of the actual killing. <laughs> <laughs> it was all, it was all the, the gnome tank. <laughs> I did seven points of damage. I did seven hit points of damage with my one spell that I got to cast before I died. <laughs> And my bardic inspiration. Anyway, this isn't helping. I'm pretty sure the eldest, the eldest son, was killed by my wolf. So, like, <laughs> and I can just unsummon the wolf, can't I? And resummon it later. Or if if it dies, I can resummon it. So we can just like hand over the wolf, being like, hey, here's the murderer. <laughs> I don't think that will help somehow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you have sort of zoned out. And you're thinking, like, I didn't do any of the killing. <laughs> <laughs> and Reuven says, their oldest son was killed yesterday, which was nothing to do with you as far. Nothing to do with me. I'm super sure. Really, really super sure. Mm-hmm. And they are demanding oldest child for oldest child. You better not be doing something stupid. Ruby, when have you known me to do something stupid? Don't answer that. I wasn't going to, frankly, Kay. 
and there's no way that daddy is going to be giving up me he'll fight to the death before he hands me over to a bunch of orcs you know what he's like i'm fine of course i know what he's like but i know what you're like and you're going to sneak out that window the minute that anyone's back is turned i don't know what you're talking about deception check <laughs> no because they're never going to believe you anyway <laughs> like this point. doesn't matter and they say please Kay, just watch yourself for me of course i'll watch myself for you and they kind of give you the uh, eyebrows. Um, <laughs> oh, the uh, eyebrows, yeah, we all get those. And they uh, deposit you in your room and make their way out. And before they leave, I say, Ruby, I, I was going to be a coward and slip this under your door, but, well, maybe I ought to do the brave thing and hand it to you, to your face. And I take a letter that I wrote last night to them, uh, which sort of, outlines the whole situation and my plan and I hand it to them. I'm gonna do us both a favour and I'm gonna read this in my room. Thanks, Ruby. That means a lot. I well I hope I see you again. Go on this say. Love you, Kay. Love you too, Ru. And they leave you to it. Why would you write down your whole plan? Why <laughs> 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 would you make written evidence of that? What a gift. Where are your brain cells? <laughs> what a gift. Listen, I'm looking at my character sheet and I have a wisdom of plus zero. So I am not wise. I'm not, you know, I, I, don't, I know stuff. I don't, I'm not, I'm not smart. <laughs> yeah, that definitely won't come back to bite me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see anywhere this goes wrong. Oh, man. <laughs> I trust Ruby with my life, apparently. Yeah, but they can probably be like beaten up and have stuff stolen from them. Oh, dear. It's a story of grand romantic gestures and dumb, dumb teenagers. Like, I'm like a hundred. I'm not worldly wise. You're a hundred? No, an elf. I live to like 700. Oh, so fair enough. Okay, okay. I've reached right. maturity at the age of about a hundred, so I'm just about there. All oh, right, right. So you're like basically 18. Yeah, yeah. she's the equivalent <laughs> of 18. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> it makes more sense of my entire, all my actions this entire story. Yes. So the scene that plays out next for all three of you, Caleb, you watch it from your bedroom window. From outside my bedroom window. Yes, hanging <laughs> from one hand. And Omi and Arnie, you watch it from the street. The scene that plays out is the orcs are furious. They are crowding around the walls of this castle. They're shaking the gates. They're screaming. They're shouting. They're clearly armed. And they are hurling rocks and they're furious and after about five or ten minutes they kick they kick they kick and the gates burst open and they charge in to the castle grounds they're running up to the door and as they do you can watch as the elves just open fire with no thoughts no considerations for life the windows open the arrows come through the slits you can see them throwing open windows and burning oil poured onto the ground below Jesus. and it is a massacre these orcs fueled by their fury of what has happened to their sons they're just cut down by the elves with no attempt to talk them down, no attempt to help them. And they run. They turn and they run and they leave behind maybe six bodies. Oh, man. 
Is the kid from the night before noticeably among the group of orcs? Roll me a perception check. Oh, can we all do it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, why not? Hang you from that. Um, I would like you to roll a stealth check first. Only rolled an eight. Thirteen. What's your stealth? Six. Oh, wait. I get advantage on wisdom checks for my favourite enemies, which are orcs and elves. Okay, please roll again. That is a 16 plus 3, so that's a 19. You very conspicuously do not see the youngest teenager in this crowd. Caliph. Yeah. You are dangling from one hand out your window. And you go to sort of put your foot on the trellis where you normally do. And you can feel your foot slip and the wood cracks. Oh, no. Too much breakfast. (laughs) What do you do? You are dangling precariously. I think I cast Disguise Self and turn myself into one of the gardeners. Something a Samwise. Would the gardeners all be elves or would it be different races? Who different races. So I think it's probably a human gardener. I've seen her around. She's a sort of young, newish gardener who just only really passed with weeding and things like that. So she's pretty inconspicuous and poorly known. But I've, as one does, had a bit of a, struck a bit of a friendship with her, chatted to her occasionally. So I know her voice well enough to imitate it. And yeah, I um, scurry around behind some potting sheds or something. Oh no, you're still dangling from one hand. Okay, I drop down to the ground. Um, And just as you do that, the head gardener, Mr. Faraway, walks around the corner. He says, Jocelyn, what are you doing? Well, I I saw that this this trellis there was a little bit broken, so I thought I'd try and climb up and see if I could fix it. Jocelyn, you've broken it more. I think I have at that. Oh, Roll me a deception check at advantage. <laughs> Surely this is a performance one, right? I mean, it could be. He's lying. So a lovely accent. That's an eight and two deception. Uh, Thirteen. Yeah, I think that's probably enough to convince him. Oh, you and your thick skull, Jocelyn, get out of here. I'm, I'm sorry, sir. No, I... you will be more sorry later. All right, I yeah, I sort of scurry off around the corner. Oh, their gardeners come from the Shires. <laughs> yeah, the, mo- the, the most gardenery voice I can think of. <laughs> you, I presume, scurry on out and you head to the campsite to meet Arnie and Omi. Are you yes. two doing anything? I mean, I think we saw this. We saw the massacre and I know Arnie would be very much like, we must rescue Caleb. I don't know, could we see? could we see the trellis? No, it's around the back. Okay, so we have no idea whether Caleb has managed to make it out. No. So I guess we've got to just assume that she's still in the castle. She did say she'd meet us, but uh, I don't know if this makes that challenging. Yeah. I don't really want to be added to these this pile of bodies in the, in the courtyard. No, I'm with you, but I'd quite like to get further away from here. Yeah. Can we follow the orcs as much as we can, see where they're heading back to, but then we'll peel off and head back towards your camp at the appropriate moment? I mean, we established right that the, the, the teenager wasn't there. He was not. Let's just head back to camp. It's just going to get messy otherwise. All right, let's just head back to camp. So the two of you split, Caleb makes her way round, and the three of you reconvene. And in fact, you maybe are back at camp, and then a blonde gardening lady in mucky gardening clothes comes into camp and says, Oh, oh I'm so glad you're here. Do I know you? And I look down and go, Oh, and I wave my hand, and the familiar form of Caitlin is in front of you, the half-elf that I normally pretend to be. 
Oh, sorry. Um, when the sky's too many. What the hell happened this morning? Turns out, you know those orcs that you killed? Turns out that was the eldest son of the Thunderstones. And, well, they blame a bastard son of the Anastasia family. I think that's me. And they came demanding blood, specifically my blood. I'm confused. Who's the bastard son? Oh, there isn't one. I think that's me as Kalen. But they want the blood of a bastard son that doesn't exist. No, they want the blood of the eldest child of the Anastasias, which is actually me. In recompense. You have too many disguises. This is confusing. Sorry. I was wondering, though, this orc compound is probably going to be a little understaffed with all these orcs roaming around trying to kill me. So maybe if we snuck our way around, we might be able to, well, get away and save her and, you know, get on our way without them even knowing. You have my axe. <laughs> my spear. <laughs> and fist and foot and head. And wolf. Then we'll be the Fellowship of the Barbie. <laughs>